All right, back with you. The congressman is with us. Congressman Hill, how are you? It's good to talk to you again. Dave, uh, good to hear your voice. Always thank you for the invitation. Always, always. Because, see, when I have you on, then the folks that are watching these hearings can understand just how stupid they they really 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 are i mean they there's it's, this is this is a waste of time and money that's all it is and do me a favor are you got do you don't have shift on your christmas list do you uh no uh, however <laughs> i have ordered a couple of uh 18 wheelers full of coal and switches that i may absolutely <laughs> I, I mean seriously this guy is yep. he's crazy he's really crazy i and i don't understand why People aren't picking that up. By the way, just, just to speak to that for just a moment, uh, the other day ABC and Ipso came out with a poll saying 51% of those that they polled wanted the president impeached. Now, I'm going to ask you, uh, Congressman, how many people do you think that they actually polled? Well, I have no idea. A decent nationwide poll would it be would probably be at least five hundred independent confirmations, maybe a thousand. Okay. Well it was five hundred people, but they didn't break down how many Democrats, how many Republicans or how many independents they talked to. So in essence yeah, and you don't know, Dave, you don't know when they say even if it's a national poll, you don't know what geographies they polled. Right. Uh, you know that's just all I know is that if you look at polls coming into this week opposition by independence which is what i think uh make the make the country go around uh it jumped by 10 points week to week i mean independents think this is they just don't see anything that's compelling so independents now oppose uh, impeachment by 47 uh, up 10 points from just a week ago well that's good that's that's kind of stuff that means you're paying attention yeah, I think, you know, I still think that it's a microscopic group of people paying attention. I did a telephone town hall last night uh, for citizens in the 2nd District in Slane and Faulkner counties on the telephone. A couple thousand people on there. We see a queue of the questions come up as people log in their question. And there might have been one or two people asking about impeachment, and both of them were giving advice to President Trump, like, don't go up and talk to Adam Schiff, was the typical comment. Yeah. Uh, so I really um, I'm not sure that Americans are really zeroed in on this. I think it's a very complicated situation. And I, if they did get into details like you and I've talked about over the last few weeks, I think the takeaway would be, look, if you want to do oversight of the president's foreign policy and how he conducts foreign policy and get into the details of that, that's his job as commander in chief. But have a foreign affairs committee hearing you know have the secretary of state come up and testify uh to try to turn it into an impeachment inquiry just is killing a gnat with a sledgehammer i got you okay well you had some main points that you want to make to the listeners about this impeachment and i'll let you do that i'll step aside you talk well, i'll, I'll I listen think, i think I think what, you know, we have to go back to the transcript and what people who were on the telephone call say. And if you just look at that, you have to walk away with four key points. One, the July 25th phone call between President Zelensky and President Trump 
shows no conditionality or any pressure by President Trump. It's a chatty phone call between the two of them. Uh, both President Zelensky and President Trump have both said separately several times since then, there is no pressure. It was a good call. It was a helpful call. Uh, I guess the third point would be that the Ukrainian government wasn't even aware that U.S. security systems assistance was being debated inside the U.S. government on July 25th. Mm-hmm. They weren't aware of it. And then finally, uh, the president did meet with President Zelensky and U.S. assistance flowed to Ukraine before the September 30th deadline without the Ukrainians doing anything, particularly not, as Adam Schiff alleges, uh investigating President Trump's alleged future potential political rob. Congressman, this is Robert Steinbuck. I'm also a little bit dismayed, and I'm not the first to recognize this, by the pearl clutching going on by the Democrats who are saying, well, you know, it's it's real dangerous what's going on there in Ukraine, and the president held back some money for them, when all along under the Obama administration, the Dems wouldn't give any aid to assist in actually rebuffing the Russians. Why is this lack of uh, consistency not made a bigger deal? Or maybe it is, and I just am not picking up on it. Well, it is absolutely a big deal in each of the testimonies, both in the depositions and in the public testimony. For example, uh, when uh, the ambassador testified, uh, Volker, nothing Taylor Booth mentioned, Look, the Obama administration did nothing to help the Ukrainians push back against the Russians. Uh, They gave, uh, quote, blankets instead of lethal aid. President Trump, when he was inaugurated, did three things. One, he added sanctions to Russia, against Russia, for the Crimea, for the Ukraine, for Syria, for meddling in the U.S. elections. This doesn't fit with the narrative around uh, progressive newspaper writers that somehow Trump's a Russian agent. Secondly, he named Ambassador Volker as special envoy for Ukraine in order to have a voice to try to get the Europeans to help have a settlement in Ukraine. President Obama did no such thing. And finally, uh, with urging from Senator McCain and others, President Trump armed the Ukrainians and gave them trust uh, tank-busting Javelin missiles. So, Everything they're saying is the ultimate in hypocrisy uh, on that subject of pushing back on Russian aggression and helping try to resolve the situation in Ukraine. And the last thing I would say is in 2014, during the Obama administration, we had a strict law that was passed, signed into law by President Obama, that said that the executive branch had to certify about corruption in Ukraine before civic or military aid could flow. It requires, it requires that corruption be discussed by the executive branch and the Ukrainians because it's Europe's most corrupt country. Yeah, and it's, it's, so it's really remarkable that the left uh, is complaining that uh, Trump is a Russian agent while at the same time he put up far more resistance against the Russians relative to Ukraine than uh, Obama did. And at the same time... Trump aptly is concerned, as you point out, that there's some level of corruption in Ukraine that needs to be dealt with. And both of those things can exist, in fact, do exist at the same time. We need to be concerned about Ukrainian corruption. Go go ahead, sir. Well, well, the president's been very clear about this. He also outlined that exact point in 
the telephone conference transcript that people can read, the, the Zelensky phone call on July 25th, when he complains, as he does frequently, well, the, the Europeans, and he particularly named the Germans, mm-hmm. aren't doing their share to aid Ukraine in settling corruption, civic aid, military aid. And that's one reason why he appointed in late spring or early summer of 2017 Ambassador Volker to represent the United States to try to urge more European directed solutions to the Ukrainian crisis. Yeah, well, indeed, the, one of the problems with the Russians is that relative to natural gas, they're in cahoots with the with excuse me the Germans. Is that the Germans are in cahoots with the Russians, and so they don't want to get yep. the Russians angry. So all of a sudden, the the, the high minded Germans who go around Europe and the world uh, preaching what everybody else should do have found themselves in a bit of a conflict, and they're being hypocritical. Uh, no doubt about that. And energy independence for Germany, particularly in Central Europe, is critical. And that's why the world's largest energy producer is now the United States. That's exactly right. And and we are uh, meeting that need by eliminating in 2015 the export ban on crude and by helping the private sector work with governments to build uh, LNG, liquefied natural gas, receiving terminals, uh, both on the Baltic Sea and Adriatic purely to be a source of energy security to Europe. So they're not fully dependent on Russia. It's not that they shouldn't use Russian gas. It's a, it's plentiful, it's cheap, it's nearby. But it removes the black veil quotient of Russian political clout in Europe. Indeed, and much like we saw in the 70s, you and I and not many others will remember that far back. Maybe Dave will. But we saw in the 70s when we were being blackmailed by OPEC. And that's the problem with a monopoly is they sell a legitimate product and then they use monopoly power to try to exert too much influence. And now that we are energy independent, we are able to say, no, thanks. We're going to go somewhere else. Yeah, we literally say go pound sand. Indeed. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I gotta um, love that. All right, they're signaling me. I've got to go on the House floor. We're debating Hong Kong. Our, our Hong Kong Freedom Bill that passed the House has now passed the Senate, and it's come back for its second passage here on the House floor, and I'm going to go proudly uh, contribute to the debate and then vote for it. All, all right. Good you luck. go do your work, Congressman. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Thank you very much. All right, Congressman French Hill. And uh, dealing with Hong Kong. Glad to hear that they're doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Those college students, I feel sorry for them. Well, God bless them. That's looking a whole lot like Tiananmen Square. Well, it is Tiananmen Square. And, and by the way, why don't we have these? Where are the Dems? Where are the left when it comes to the totalitarianism that is China? I'm not saying none of them say anything, but boy, you see how we're overwhelmed with this hysteria regarding impeachment, and yet. In Tiananmen Square, the uh, communists are uh, Tiananmen Square. In Hong Kong, same thing these days. It's exactly the same. Uh, The communists are thwarting thwarting freedom. Yep. And we we, were oh, yeah. Well, well, thank goodness people like French Hill are there, and they're going to pass this bill, and we're going to have some sanctions. We need to have some sanctions. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely a good thing. And uh, the United States should always. Always come down on the side of freedom. That's right. Always. That's right. And that's something that needs to be done. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.